The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfie with Remax, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Good morning once again. We have a jam-packed show for you today. Lots of huge real estate and housing news to talk about. And maybe most notably is one of the topics we're going to get to today, and that is the Greenbelt Land Swap. Big controversy surrounding it. Auditor General in Ontario releasing her much-anticipated report earlier this week. And, well, it doesn't look good for the Ford government. But the question remains, will homes be built on the Greenbelt moving forward? We'll dive into that topic on the show today. We're also going to talk about condo buyers. And apparently for those who are hunting for a condo, the price has to be spot on. We'll also talk about a man who returned home to uh, a land that he bought to find someone has built a house on it. Not only a house, but a pretty pricey one as that. We'll also get into some building code rules here in the province of Ontario. You want to get your home sold, sold fast and sold for top dollar, you got to contact the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfie team, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you can call them up at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. 5-575-7700. You can also follow the Golfie team on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We also have some social media news to pass along that Rob will get to as well regarding a big trip that he's about to undertake. But as usual, we begin the show with uh, what's happening in the real estate life of one Rob Golfie. Well, things have been moving pretty, pretty good. Weather's good, you know, taking, you know, sometimes a half a day off and doing different things. But the one thing that really uh, is, is catching my eye is last week in Hamilton, there was a, a rally regarding, uh, you know, the pressure of rising rents and rent evictions and having uh, tenants move out. Now, rent evictions, meaning is that sometimes uh, a landlord will give notice to a tenant uh, to evict the place because he has to do some renovations or a new buyer uh, wants to buy the place, but he's asking for it to be uh, empty so that he can renovate. And, and I get it where uh, the tenants, you know, these buildings, they do need to be updated. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, and what's happening is the tenants are being forced to relocate someplace else. But the problem there is, is whatever they're paying in rents now compared to where they're going to go, it could be $500 difference a month or even more. And, and it's hard for them to find another place that is uh, a similar price to what they're paying. So there's a, and that's happening a lot. And that happened a lot in the last five years. So it's catching on the government, seeing it um, and buying uh, as an investor, like these big companies that have lots of money buying these 200, 300 unit buildings. Um, they're not going to, it's not going to be as easy as it was before. Uh, and that's my pain. That's coming down the pipeline. Uh, you know, if the government changes, changes uh, laws on that, but, these buildings need to be renovated. And if they're renovated and the tenants, uh, the, 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 the landlord can't afford to keep the rent at the same pace, at the same price, if the building needs to be renovated. Some buildings may need two, $3 million. Now they need to make that up somehow. And the way taxes are going up, water is going up, 
uh, uh, all the different things that are going up in price, it, it's it's going up more faster than the uh, the increase of rents that is allowable to increase rents. So we're kind of stuck here, you know, with landlords need to renovate and tenants need to keep the rent down. So I don't know. What do we do? Like, it's, it's a tough situation, uh, Rick. I don't know. Well, I think at the end of the day, the only way we're going to see these rental rates, whether it's a one bedroom or two bedroom or, or whatever, the only way we're going to see some stabilization or, you know, fingers crossed, even some lowering of rates is if we get more units in the market. And but it seems like that is going to be, you know, years down the road. Yes, it, it, it will take years. And I mean, like anytime they, if they're discussing about building apartment buildings, which they're starting to do now, there's a few going up in the city. Mm-hmm. And, but those are, they, they take probably two years to build, three years to build, you know, and, and from the start to when you do the application to the time that you can actually move in, sometimes it could take five years. So we've got a crisis of tenants that are being forced out. And this is, and I, to me, I think this is a big part of the homelessness that's happening in, in not in Hamilton, not only in Hamilton, other major cities across Canada, United States. The other thing too is, you know, this is going to take years to get the rental supply up to a point where we could see some rates come down. The other side of the equation is we're going to have so many newcomers into the country and this community is we're never going to catch up. We're never going to get ahead in terms of supply and demand. You're right about that. It's gonna, it, it, it's just gonna be the same situation. You know who's gonna get hurt here the most? Uh, it's a combination of the tenant uh, because they're gonna have to live with with rundown uh, apartments, and the landlord is not gonna be able to afford to renovate or, or or be able to sell the unit because now other investors are not gonna look at uh, apartment buildings as a viable uh, investment to to buy. And uh, so, so you got that catch. It's, it's, it's a tough situation. So they got to make it good for both parties and, and, and it's going to be tough. And then like the one, the one building, what happened was on uh, 125 Wellington street and it sold for somewhere in, in the 50, $55 million range. Uh, I'm not sure how many years ago. And so they probably, you know, uh, evicted uh, probably most of the building renovated it put $5 million into the building. And it got it got appraised just not that long ago for 80, 85 million. So these guys may like they increased the value of the building of thirty million dollars, which they you know basically their net worth of the company that bought it. And but now the people won't be able to move back in because they can't afford the rents. Because the reason why the building's worth more is because they were able to get more money for rent, and that's what made the building value higher. Mm-hmm. Now the uh, yeah, so like it's just. It, so now, because of, of this happening a lot, now the government's got their eye on it. And they're probably looking at it and say, how do we, you know, control this? How do we, you know, having tenants getting uh, kicked out of their apartments? And because anything they find new is going to be a lot higher. And it, it is. It is going to be a lot higher. Like, I mean, I mean, a, a person could have rented their property two years ago for, let's say, let's say Central Hamilton. For fifteen hundred dollars a month or seventeen hundred dollars a month, they can get twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars a month for that same unit. Uh, so that person there is never going to move out. I mean, they'll drive further to work just to stay where they are because of the rent is is cheaper. Because if they move out of that house, they're they're going to end up paying more money. So that's why tenants are trying to cling on and and not move. And and and, and the same thing is happening with a lot of people 
they're buying houses like, and there's, it's tenanted and the tenants are moving out. So on closing date, uh, they, they've got major issues going on because uh, the tenant's still in there and they're not moving out. And, and I get it. Uh, there's, there, I don't know what to do to solve the problem. I really don't know. And, and, and I feel for the tenants that, that are being uh, relocated. And, you know, my thing is if you're a tenant, get, get a, a long-term lease, long-term lock it in. Hmm. If you break that lease, no big deal. That landlord would be happy because he knows he can get more money uh, renting it to somebody else. So lock in for five years. Can you, you know, during, after World War II, we had the, the, the you know, those war wartime homes where they were built quickly. They were, you know, small, uh, but they went up quick because they had to, because, every, you know, all, all the soldiers were coming back and they were starting families and we needed to house all these individuals. Can you see that making some sort of a comeback to get more people into housing? I do and I don't because, they, you know, if they build townhouses, that's the cheapest way to, to, to build uh, like affordable homes, but these townhouses are expensive. Like, like if they do single family detached homes, like even with no basements or anything like that, just build them up, you know, put them on a, on a, 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 a straight uh, foundation without a basement, it's still taking up land and the land cost is expensive. Now, back then you only needed one car. That's all usually every household had, but and now every household's got two cars. So it, it now you like you need you don't even have a front lawn. Your front driveway is a uh, a, a driveway, and I've seen uh, some townhouses um, where they have parking lot townhouses, and uh, and they're and they're, they're it's not like you have a driveway in front of your house. They right. just it's like a parking lot in front. You're dedicated. You got a dedicated spot for yourself, and there's visitor parking, but uh, with no garage. Those are probably the best thing right now, but they're also expensive and the housing is just too expensive for anybody to afford right now well the provincial government had a plan to boost the housing stock in this province and that was by opening up some greenbelt land so let's wade into this debate because earlier this week the auditor general in this province bonnie lissick unfurled her report on this uh value for uh opening up the greenbelt uh, land swap and she basically found that the provincial government was heavily influenced by uh, some some well-connected developers who got an early glimpse at what was available with the green belts. They scooped up all the lands, and here we are now, probably still years away from those lands being developed, but there is a big stain now on this whole development plan. Do you see... Do you see any part of it in jeopardy going forward, or do, or are you really convinced and and really sure that this greenbelt development is going to proceed as is? I think it's going to proceed as is. Uh, just Doug Ford is just taking a, a bit of a, a heat on this, and um, we need we need we need to develop. And the the one the problem here is that there was probably some information. Uh, uh, you know, from these de- developers picked up on buy the land in these different areas, which they bought at a, at a cheap rate, right? Like let's, you know, and then all of a sudden the zoning changes and those, that land becomes worth a million dollars an acre versus they were paying probably 25,000 an acre or whatever, yeah. because it was farmland before. And all of a sudden now the government says, okay, we're going to change it. Lift the, lift, lift the, the green belt on these areas. And now that land just becomes, super expensive 
And that's and that's where the the problem is. And it, it just so happens that a lot of these developers that own these lands that bought them at a cheap price, a cheap farmland, now they're rezoned. Um, they are a lot of them are dug boards for it. Yeah, it doesn't look good. So it doesn't look good. And you know what? I I I don't I don't uh, condone what he's doing, but I I don't know. Like it's just it seems like. That's what politics is. It's like the more money you have, the more you 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 you're you're in bed with the politicians right. and everything else. Like it seems like the you know, like who knows? I I honestly don't know behind the scenes. I don't follow it as much, but it just so happens that that green belt. Now, did any of that green belt land, the farmer that still farms that land, change uh, zoning? No, it was just it's the only land that developers end up hmm. buying. And so when the developer went to the went to the uh, uh, farmers, hey, I'll buy your land for this much. He's going, hey, that's a great price. Yeah, I'll take it. Farmland's only worth that much. Yeah. So uh, anyway. let, let me jump in and uh, we'll continue this conversation about the green belt on the other side of the break. We're also going to get into some other issues, including the national housing crisis, which kind of goes hand in hand, and some news that condo buyers will want to know. You are listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy Sales Representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy Team. Call the number one Remax team in Canada. That is the Golfy Team, 905-575-7700. If you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a house, Call the golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I dot com. They're also on social media, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, threads, you name it. They're on it. They're dominating it with great listings, awesome videos. And uh, you can get your listing on uh, their social media feeds as well. Lots more to come on the show, including Ontario building code rules. We'll talk about uh, renovating a home and a very interesting story. Uh, for a man in Connecticut. A very surprising story for him, for sure. Uh, one more question about the Greenbelt land swap. So earlier this year, Ontario Auditor General Bonnie Lissick, or earlier this year, earlier this week, uh, Bonnie Lissick said, uh, listen, Ford government, uh, you goofed on this. Uh, you told the developers that the land was available before it actually was. They swooped in. They bought it at a very cheap rate, and now we're going to make billions of dollars. When you look at, because you're all over the city, Rob, when you look at the available space within this city, do you see potential development, uh, A, happening, or B, you know, it should happen in certain parts of the city because there's there's land available? There is land available, and I know guys that bought land like 30 years ago, and and it was, and, and it was potentially set for to be developed, but then the green belt came in and that kind of kiboshed that thing. So that, so their land value kind of went down because, uh, you know, the green belt kind of stopped, you know, that land to be developed. Now, um, there is a lot of land that will be lifted, uh, but we don't know when, and there is a few people that know you go, but, but, but do developers know sometimes some developers do know they have friends in, uh, in, at, at the city hall that they're probably in touch with. 
and uh, and and you know, there's always information out there available, and that's how that's sometimes how these guys get richer and richer because uh, they know information, you know, and they that's what the lunches are about, right? They take them out for lunch and yep, stuff yep. like that. They're trying to stop it. They're trying to stop that um, and, and having that. And, and so it's free reign for everybody. And if, if you're the lucky one that happens to own that land, congratulations. You, you, you kind of won a little bit of a lottery because of the value has gone up. But, but yeah, like it's, there's land everywhere. And the only people that know about it is city council. And they probably signed something to indicate that they cannot disclose that information, but that information does somehow get out sometimes. Years ago, we had the federal government uh, unveil their national housing strategy to build a, a lot more homes within 10 years. We're, I think, about halfway through that or somewhere in the middle of that 10-year plan. And billions of dollars has been spent, but about half of it has not. We're talking, you know, f- I think 40-some-odd billion dollars still kind of just sitting there waiting for homes to be built. Uh, and, you know, Canada's new housing minister is saying, listen, we have this money. We should be spending it as quickly as possible to get homes built as quickly as possible. Makes sense to me, but it's not happening. No, it's, it, it isn't happening. And and I'll tell you, every time a year goes by, it, it, it's going to be five years from that date if they, if they do implement anything. So so it, 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 it's, we're never going to catch up. We're never going to catch up. And, and And as they keep struggling and talking about it, they're, they're, it's the housing is going to just going to keep going up. And, um, I, and I know like, like they, they estimated the country will need, yeah, you're right. A, a 3.5 million affordable housing units by 2030. And on top of that slated for construction to restore housing affordability. Now rents have increased to the point where they're outpacing wages in every province. So it, it they got to do something about it fast. And, and the thing is there's too many, loop like stop is like there's just everything is just stopping at every level like even you go to the municipality level like uh, you know it takes forever like the government says okay let's do this and then they leave it to the municipalities and then the municipalities are going okay well we need to do this process so it takes longer right so so the government so the ontario government or the canadian the federal government you know, they say, hey, we implemented it. It's up to, you know, the local, you know, cities and, and, and uh, uh, communities to, to deal with it. And I'll, I'll tell you, this is how slow things are. Um, you, you know, dealing in some municipalities in Burlington, I have a friend of mine that put a permit in to put an addition on his company business. OK, he put up to put an addition and he submitted this permit two years ago. Do you know he pulled his permit just recently? Just say, forget <laughs> it. I don't have to deal with this. Wow. This is in Burlington. Like, like this guy has been in business for, I don't know, 30 years in Burlington. And he put an application in to uh, renovate and put a, an additional building with his built, like with his building. And you know what? He just said, forget it. He goes, I'm just going to renovate the inside just the, the way it is update the bathrooms, update the flooring and everything else inside and just continue on. He goes, there's no sense, no sense working with them if they don't want to want any improvement in this city. So that's the thing that we're waiting for. This is like, if a guy has to wait for a permit to get done for something simple with drawings and everything else, Hmm. forget it. You just, it's, it's, if you can't get a permit to put uh, an addition onto your commercial building, can you imagine people trying to, develop and trying to uh, expand and trying to do anything else for housing, it's never going to happen. 
That's one of the big mysteries because it, it, it seems like it could be done. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in the game. I'm not looking at, you know, drawings and blueprints and, and, and whatnot. I would think a, a month, maybe. Is it taking two years because we just don't have enough people? No, we have enough people. We just don't have uh, enough people that are ready. Like, I think, I think the new generation is afraid to put a rubber stamp on, a, on something because they don't want to miss out. The old days, the way it worked is that they would give drawings. They say, hey, okay, you, you need to fix this, but we'll, we're going to approve it, but make sure you, you, you do these little minor things, right? And boom, it, and it went ahead. Like, things got done. Things got built. Now... Oh, you missed that you were going to put a outlet on this wall. So please resubmit your drawings. So it has to go back to the, you have to go, go to your engineer, say, Hey, can you put an outlet on this wall? And then you <laughs> submit it. Now you're at the bottom of the list again. Oh, so, wow. And then, and, and then, and then when it gets to the top of the list for them to look at, Oh, they missed out on something else. Oh, now geez. they add, you tell you to do something else. Rick, I'm telling you, I've lived through this. I know exactly how it is, and it is frustrating. You could probably tell in the tone the way I'm talking, but that's how it is. And, 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 and if they found out all the things that needed to be corrected, then you know what? Let's get it done. So for one outlet, just make sure your electrician puts that in, and when we, when we uh, come in for the inspection, we are going to look for that. But go ahead. We give you the rubber stamp and go ahead and do it. But they're not doing that. That's how they did in the old days. This uh, this whole housing thing to me is like a big it's like a big hamster wheel and and we're kind of caught in the middle because we know we have a shortage, uh, we know we have money or at least funding has been allocated to build more units. We obviously, as you just explained, have a lot of red tape. We have a skilled labor force, so we say, all right, we need to bring in more immigrants who are skilled in these trades. But then we have a supply and demand issue again, and right and and we're back to the shortage. It's it's just a big giant wheel. Oh, and it's going to be like that for a long time to a point where that wheel can't go anymore and then they have to do something and it, they're going to be forced to do something and, and, and start building houses fast. And that's when the quality is going to get out of hand and because they have no choice, they say, listen, we got to build, just go ahead and build. And, and you know what, you know, right now, look what they're doing. They're, they're allowing everybody to have apartments and basements. They're allowed to have uh, a, an additional apartment in the uh, in the backyard, like a laneway homes. They they know it. This, this this is the first step. But once that's exhausted, then they have to find another way. And then you'll see that things will change, and they're they're going to approve a lot of different uh, programs to build houses faster. The the the, the Ontario government's going to get in and say, Hey, forget you guys. You guys are way too slow. We need this thing done now. Somebody puts an application in and they want to build a house, guess what? 30 days, you got your you got your stamp to go ahead and do that subdivision fast and get it going. Interesting stuff. If you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a house, call the number one REMAX team in Canada, the Golfy team, at 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Let, let's talk about condos because for a long, long time, they were probably the most popular option, uh, especially for people who work downtown. They didn't necessarily need a vehicle. They can hop on transit. Uh, you know, it was the trendy thing to do. They could, heck, they could rent out their parking spaces for a little extra cash. Now, especially the pre-construction condo 
investors or those who want to move into these places are really feeling the pinch because, you know, they may have purchased a condo unit years ago while it's being constructed. And now with interest rates where they are and certainly mortgage rates where they are, a lot of them are saying, listen, I got to I got to sell this or I got to sign it to someone else. Are we seeing that crunch here in Hamilton? Absolutely. We've got, we've sold quite a few of them this year so far because, because of the closing dates are coming up and the interest rates are higher than what they actually were approved up uh, two, three, four years ago. So we're seeing that now. Now, so what's happening is uh, those are, those, a lot of those people are the first time investor, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and they're, and they're feeling the pinch. Now the other investors, like we know investors is what builds condo buildings. We know that they buy sometimes two to six at a time. And when they close, sometimes they, they, uh, they resell them after they close or resell them before they close and they sell them for uh, a higher price. It's not happening as much right now. Investors are pulling back because even if they keep them, they're not, they're not able to collect the amount of rent to pay for the, for the mortgage and the, uh, uh, condo fees and everything else on it. So they're looking, so they're backing off. So now you got, investors that have closings coming up and saying, oh boy, I better unload this because even if I close on it and rent it, I'm losing money. So now those guys that were used to buying, they're not buying the new developments that are coming up the pipeline. Like let's say tomorrow's there's a, an opening for a new condo development to go up. They're not going to go there and sign up for those because it, it doesn't make sense for the amount of rent they're going to get mm-hmm. and for the amount of cost that it's going to cost them to run that. So they're backing up. So you're not going to see condo buildings going up as fast as you did before. Now, whatever you see building now, they were pre-sold prior to these interest rates. And, uh, and, and that's what it is to me personally, would I buy a, a, a I'm not a condo investor. That's not my thing. I don't think, uh, and, and I, I had a friend of mine call me up uh, just last week and he lives in a building, condo building. And he said, Rob, there's one coming up for sale. I can get it for this much money. I said, don't buy it. I, he goes, why? I go, there's 10 for sale in that building. I go, and they all been sitting forever. I says, don't touch it. I, like I basically said, don't buy it. And I said, stick with um, either townhouses, like uh, freeholds or single detached. I know they're more expensive, mm-hmm. but I said, don't touch it. Don't touch it. You will, because there's 10 for sale and they're sitting on the market. Here's another factor too. Ontario, not too long ago, implemented that 10 day cooling off period. Uh, after signing a new condo pre-construction contract. And apparently a lot of people are backing out of that deal. You know, they've signed, now they have, you know, sober second thoughts and they're thinking to themselves, nah, I I can't do it. There's going to be a lot of empty condo buildings. Oh, for sure. There there will be. And uh, and some people are going to get stuck and it's going to be very costly for those people that uh, committed to that that are uh, closing uh, right now. Uh, And we have... Uh, one that's uh, closing in, in uh, Grimsby, uh, we uh, I've listed, I think listed and sold about two or three before they took possession. Uh, there's some now in uh, Stony Creek that uh, that we're working on that people are taking possession and and they're asking for my guarantee program and uh, so we're looking at that. So I may buy that from them and uh, take it over. And but, but again, as an inv- to me, I'd be buying it as an investor. It has the numbers have to work. And if it don't work, I, it, I just won't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's jump into our next topic as uh, I know we were pressed for time in this segment, but I do want to tee it up because this is a really fascinating story out of Connecticut in the United States. So this individual bought a half acre strip of land uh, back in 1991. So this is a long time ago. And it was close to his childhood home in Connecticut, which his dad bought back in 1953 for $5,000. So he buys this parcel of land in 91. I guess the thought is eventually I'll build something on this piece of land. But lo and behold, years pass and he gets a call from a friend to say, hey, I think someone is building a home on your piece of land. And so lo and behold, this guy goes out and checks the land. And yes, there is a nearly completed four bedroom house that's on his parcel of land. And so now he's thinking, well, that's not right. Before we get your reaction to this, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back with what Rob thinks about this. Plus the kicker to this story when we come back. Don't forget, you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfie team or the Golfie real estate show in your favorite podcast platform hit the follow button and you'll never miss an episode you're listening to the golfy real estate show hamilton edition on 900 chml you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 chml Welcome back to the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfie, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Check them out on the World Wide Web, robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call the number one Remax team in Canada. That just so happens to be the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Again, that number, 905-575-7700. And the Golfie team is dominating Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, talk in twitter awesome videos listings on those social media feeds get your listing on those feeds as well and if you want an instant home estimate in this topsy-turvy kind of quirky market go online to golfyhomevalue.com plug in some numbers and you'll get a pretty good idea of what your home could be worth that's golfyhomevalue.com all right before the break i was talking about this guy in connecticut who back in 1991 bought a strip of land a half acre strip of land near the side of his childhood home which his dad bought for $5,000 in 1953. And lo and behold, he gets a call and his friend says, someone's building something on your piece of land. And, and it's true. There's a four bedroom house that is nearly complete on the side of this property. And so <laughs> this guy does some investigating and finds out that uh, the, the community and of course the builder apparently just went ahead and built this home without, I guess, triple checking. How crazy is this? You know what? There's a lot of fraud going on, and that's what the case is here. This is why you need titles insurance. Even though, and I think I think it's before 1995 or something like that. If you own a piece of property and you bought, you know, from I, I think 1995 or earlier or whatever the the time titles insurance started in Canada, you need to go to your lawyer and say, I need titles insurance on this property to make sure that nothing like this happens. And if it does. They will legally pay to make sure it gets to the exact same way that you had it before. Hmm. But I, I like this is this is and, th and and this was a case of fraud. Somebody that sold the land and uh, and it got missed by the realtor, got missed by the lawyer, got missed by everybody. And meanwhile, this guy, you know, it, it, it's a strip of land that he thought he was going to pass down to his kids to make, see if anybody was going to end up moving to Connecticut one day. 
And uh, and then there you go. He's got uh, somebody building on his property. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to end up going through this whole thing. They may have to tear down the house. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't know. But, um, but t- this is a good case for titles insurance. Yeah. That's why if you don't have it, get it. The, uh, so the developer also claims that they too were scammed because the lawsuit, which this, this legitimate landowner is, has filed and it's for $2 million, uh, claims that a Daniel, his name's Daniel Kennensburg. Well, a Daniel Kennensburg from Johannesburg, South Africa had forged a power of attorney to steal the property and uh, the power of attorney, it's claimed, was granted to or granted by uh, an individual within the city in Connecticut. So there is a two million dollar lawsuit. The the developer is saying, hey, we were we were scammed too. this homeowner is now looking at his land with a four bedroom. I'm sure it's a nice house uh, and it's on the market. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I, I, th- this is a sticky wicket. I mean, that's the last thing you you would imagine to see on, on your strip of land. Well, then all the legal fees you have to do to go through this, yeah. and uh, it's 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 crazy. So this is something that's going to cost him, and even even he gets the land back. Is he going to get the money to like either he's going to finish the house or tear down the house mm-hmm. and put the land exactly the way it was before? It's hard to tell. So now there's an expense on his part to defend and keep his land, and it, like hopefully. There is insurance, but chances are, I don't think this guy probably had insurance because a lot of the, these insurance companies for, for titles insurance didn't come out till probably late 80s or mid 90s. So, it, and he's owned it before then. Pretty wild. The other part of this too is that, yeah, I mentioned it was listed. There was actually an offer following its listing in March. So there's another potential home buyer who's also impacted by this. They they thought they were buying a nice four bedroom house for 1.45 million bucks, but apparently that's not going to go through either. No, it's just one, 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 just one big mess. It's just a big mess for everybody. Yeah. we got two minutes in this segment. So I, I want to talk to you about this. Another amazing story in which a person was renovating a house and made a remarkable discovery, apparently in the shed. Uh, and it turns out that um, this person who has apparently 1.4 million followers on TikTok, so she's got a great following already. But uh, opened up the shed and found stuff from ages ago that's worth a lot of money. Uh, also some unpleasant stuff like a squirrel skeleton under a pillow. But we're talking about things that have a lot of meaning for the the old homeowner, but apparently worth a lot of money. When it comes to finding things in home homes, do you have any stories you want to share? Any cool things that you found? I, uh, 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 for myself, I actually took possession of a house that everything was left like they just walked out the door and didn't even move out, didn't pack their bags. Oh wow! Uh, I, uh, you, th- th- this happened on Stony Creek Mountain. I could, I could tell you the details. Uh, I know we're coming up to uh, our break soon, but, yeah. but you'd be surprised. Uh, like you go, you can't believe people walk away, like, like literally, like they walked away, not even packing their bags, and they just walked out the door and said, "I'm." Leaving and wow, that's it. That's wild. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get crazy. into that when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. 
And one last go-round here on the Golfie Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHL. Rick Samprin here, Rob Golfie there, sales representative, REMAX Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That is the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Check out the Golfie team on Twitter. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, a great social media feed and uh, additions to those uh, social media platforms. Uh, just a, one last go round on the some of the weird discoveries or, or weird happenings at real estate. You you mentioned, you know, getting into a house and the homeowner or the previous homeowner just left everything. That's got to be completely rare. You could probably count on one hand how many times that's happened. Oh, I, I know it's happened to me once. I taken possession of a house. It was, it was actually a power sale. And so when I took possession, we closed on it and everything. Um, I go in and it looked like nobody left, nobody packed. I I'm, I'm walking in and, and, uh, so I, I'm calling the, uh, the, not only I'm calling the bank, I'm calling the lawyer and say, listen, it doesn't look like, it looks like I'm taking possession. So what I did was, uh, with, that was on probably a Thursday or Friday. The following week, I said, okay, I'm going to rip things out of here and start moving. And again, nobody showed up. Nobody was there. Hmm. So we had uh, a, a trailer. We got a trailer and to load stuff up and, and send it to, you know, like the Value Village and then another one just to dump in a dumpster. And uh, as we're getting every, getting rid of everything, we're just throwing it in the dumpster, just throwing it. And I mean, there was some good stuff, KitchenAid stuff, no good some good furniture, some good stuff that was there. And, uh, and I couldn't believe people walked away from it. But then as we just finished up and somebody must've called the person that did live there and called and said, guess what? Somebody's moving, moving your stuff out of the house. No, no. Well, they come up and show, they come up and show up and, and I'm like, well, what, what do you want me to do? Like, I mean, it, like the bank's been trying to get a hold of you for the last 60 days and you haven't <laughs> responded. And I'm like, you, you should open up your mail. And anyway, they lost the house. And I said, hey, listen, you could take whatever you want, but we're, we're, we're done here. There's a trailer there. We, you may have to go to Value Village and, or, uh, uh, and pick up some stuff there. I said, we're, we're, we're done. Like wow. I, and, and I called my lawyer and I said, hey, is, am I, uh, uh, you know, is there anything that I can be in trouble? No, he goes, no. They, they literally did not respond to any of the um, messages. There was a posting on their door. Sometimes people do not, uh, they ignore uh, important letters that yeah. they shouldn't yeah. and do not do that read it and look at it say hey listen i'm gonna lose my house here and these people lost their house because they didn't pay the mortgage wow. so that's pretty sad anyway that's that's yeah it is a sad situation uh, i know we want to get to your upcoming trip we'll talk about that but you wanted to talk about ontario building codes yeah so in, in i guess last year i didn't even know this in the summer of 2022 the ontario building code increased the allowable non-permit size for a backyard sheds from 108 square feet to 160 square foot, you know. So that I I didn't know I didn't I didn't know that. I so you can build either. a bigger shed in your back. Did you? I, I I don't remember. No. Um, acknowledging that. So if your backyard shed, garden shed, or storage shed is less than 160 square feet or 15 square meters, you can construct it without a building permit. So <laughs> you can. So you basically can build a 12 by 12 shed in your backyard now. Like it and. Uh, you know what I mean? So you, it's not more than one story in height, not attached to any other structure. It's only used for storage purposes related to the house on the property and does not have plumbing. Hmm. So you can literally build a 12 and a half by 12 and a half foot shed in your backyard without going to, going to the city and, uh, and building. So that's, uh, 
Yeah, that's pretty good. It just means more room to put your junk. That's right. <laughs> At the end of the day. At the end of the day, that's what that's it means. That's it. Uh, you're going that's on a it. big trip overseas. Tell us about it and tell us how we can follow you along. Yeah, so follow. I'm going to Italy and uh, and starting on the 22nd, you can start following me on uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, and YouTube. So uh, I'm, the whole family's going. Plus, there's a wedding, so we're going to look at wine, food, wedding, and of course, real estate. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> talk about real estate. So watch my adventure on social media starting August 22nd. Uh, I'll be mentioning this again next week when we're on the air again. But uh, again, Instagram is the Golfy Team. And TikTok is Golfy Team, and YouTube is Golfy Team. That's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to to be uh, regaled by the stories of your adventure in uh, Italy, the home country. I know that the wine is good. I certainly know the food is good. Let's hope the wedding is good as well. And I'm really intrigued about the real estate in that country because we've we've talked about on shows before, maybe not recently, about homes being sold for like a euro or a dollar. And, you know, you have to make an investment, obviously, financially, but certainly within the lifestyle. So that'll be interesting if you get intrigued by some kind of real estate across the pond absolutely i think I, I think it'll be fun there's a lot of good things happening there uh in real estate i know there's a lot of uh opportunities um especially in sicily where there's a lot of little villages mm-hmm. where they're being kind of being abandoned and you can buy them for like a, a one euro and but they want you to you know renovate yep. and stuff and people are turning these into airbnbs which is fantastic. Wow. That's a win-win. Who knows? I, I might one day stay in a Rob Golfie Airbnb in Italy. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it again next week. Uh, that is uh, another great show. Thank you, Rob. And thank you for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show. We are back next Saturday at 9. Join us then on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.